1 Samuel chapter number 13. If you found it, say praise the Lord. Verse number 17. Say praise the Lord. Amen. This morning you didn't have your uh, cheat wall. And tonight you got it. So if you didn't bring your Bibles, it'll be right up on the wall. And the spoilers came out of the camp of the Philistines. Verse 17. And the spoilers came out of the camp of the Philistines in three companies. One company turned into the way that leadeth to Oprah. I knew there was something about that. <laughs> Unto the land of Shual. And another company turned the way to Beth Haran. And another company turned to the way of the border that looketh to the valley of Zeboim toward the wilderness. Now there was no smith found throughout all the land of Israel. For the Philistines said, lest the Hebrews make them swords or spears. But all the Israelites went down to the Philistines to sharpen every man his share and his coulter and his axe and his mattock. Verse number 22, so it came to pass that in the day of battle there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people that were with, John, with Saul and Jonathan. Verse number 19 says there was no smith found throughout all the land of Israel. For the Philistines said, lest the Hebrews make them swords or spears. I want to preach for a while tonight on the subject, the sound of the anvil. The sound of the anvil. Why don't you lift your hands to heaven with me right now? And why don't you close your eyes? And while your hands are lifted and your eyes are closed, why don't you begin to give God a praise and ask him if he would to move mightily in this place tonight. That his presence would fill this place. That his glory would fill this house. That his anointing would move here. Can you help me pray in Jesus' name? God, have your way, not by power and not by might, but by your spirit, Lord. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, let the Holy Ghost move here. Let the power of your Spirit fill this house. Confirm your word with signs following in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Why don't you give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight as you're being seated in the presence of the Lord. God's people have always had enemies simply because of who they were the devil didn't want them to succeed he often inspired enemies to attack god's people in hopes of turning them away from their destiny or at least to try to delay their destiny but one after the other kingdoms fell Warlords would rise to challenge God's people and 
They would be rebelled by the divine favor of God that was on his people. History is littered with the names of kings and empires who tried to stop the blessings of God on his people. Pharaoh in Egypt learned the ferocity of God's sword. Throughout time, others rose and fell learning the same lessons that God is going to show up and take care of his people. The Amorites, the Ammonites, the Jebusites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Moabites, and somebody said all those otherites, they found out that God will work and his people will always end up in victory. Amen. One after the other, God would raise up champions who would win battles with the sword and the spear and God's enemies would be vanquished and his people brought the victory. 1 Samuel chapter number 12 and verse number 11 said, And the Lord sent Jerubbabel and Bedan and Jephthah and Samuel and delivered you out of the hand of your enemies on every side and ye dwelled safe. They had enemies, the Bible said, on every side, but God made them to dwell safe because God had raised up champions to fight for his people. Under the reign of Saul, God continued to cause his people to be victorious. 1 Samuel 13 and 3 said, And Jonathan smote the garrison, of the Philistines that was in Geba. And the Philistines heard of it, and Saul blew the trumpet throughout all the land, saying, let the Hebrews hear. What he was saying is, let God's people hear the sound of victory, because God had showed up one more time. I can imagine after all of these battles and all of these wars, nation after nation, kingdom after kingdom, General after general, one after another, God always made a way for his people. When it looked impossible, God showed up. When it looked like there was no way, God showed up. When it looked like they had no means with which to fight, God would show up and God would bring the victory. It must have been frustrating for the enemies of God to know that no matter what we do, No matter how hard we try, no matter how many soldiers we bring to the battlefield, no matter how many champions we pick up and send, how many giants we send to the battlefield, no matter what we do, it doesn't matter how good our strategy, it doesn't matter how good our weapons, it doesn't matter how big our soldiers, all it takes is the moment that God shows up in the battle and all of our battles, all of our work, and all of our efforts go by the wayside because God has shown up for his people. Amen. The enemy knew that whatever we've been trying hadn't been working. And so now we've got to come up with another strategy. we got to figure out how to win this battle. Are you with me tonight? The enemy knew he had to come up with a different strategy or he would never win against God's people. And so the Philistines enacted a new tactic. 
1 Samuel 13 and 17. said, and the spoilers came out of the camp of the Philistines in three companies. One company turned to the way that leadeth to Oprah unto the land of Shual. They came with the idea. They came up with a new idea. Instead of sending giants and chariots, let's have a different strategy now for this battle. And so they came up with the idea of sending spoilers out against the people of God. They didn't come this time with overwhelming numbers. They didn't try to crush Israel by sheer force and by sheer quantity of soldiers. They tried a different approach. We're going to send a company of spoilers this way and that way and that way. And the idea is that we'll send these spoilers. The word spoil means to decay or to ruin, to corrupt or to destroy. They came with the idea, instead of sending a mighty army out, what we're going to do is we're going to plant spoilers in different parts of the country. And they're going to start to weaken, even if it's just a little bit today. We can weaken God's people just a little today. And then tomorrow we'll weaken them just a little bit more. And then after that, we'll come at them just a little bit more. And it will be imperceptible at first to the naked eye, but it would eventually decay their ability to fight the battle and win the war. Without internet, without cell phone, without satellite, there were no ways to communicate. And so the strategy may take Israel a long time to even figure out what the enemy's up to. But make no mistake, the enemy was up to something. Amen. The first place the, soul, the spoilers went was the way that leadeth to Oprah. Oprah here means a fawn. It actually means the young. I don't think it's a mistake that the enemy understood that to win against God's people, you need to take the young people and decay their walk with God. If you can attack the youth of the congregation, the youth of the country, we may not be able to overcome the elders, but if we can attack the young people, we can take the future out of the people of God. Amen. And so the first place they attacked, they attacked the place of the young. Satan has long put young people in his crosshairs. Amen. You want to help me preach tonight? Amen. You get a 15-minute discount if you help me preach. There is no group in the church that the devil would rather decay than the young men and young women of this assembly. Amen. He sends spoilers out to try to decay their walk with God just a little bit at a time. Can I tell you that if there's anything I want to be remembered for, my God, help me. I've already gotten to the point where I'm trying to figure out what to be remembered for. Not, not what to be known for, to be remembered for. I guess that happens when you preach your own, your own funeral and put it on video. But if there's one thing I want to be remembered for, I hope that people will remember me as an advocate for apostolic young people. Amen. I will tell you, that I am proud of our young people. I'm proud of the young men and young women of this church. Every single one of them. They don't have to be here, but they're here. 
They don't have to be involved, but they're involved. Amen. All I got to do is even make mention that I need a little help, and these boys and young ladies show up. I'm proud of these boys and these girls. Amen. I'm excited that they want to be in the house of God instead of out partying somewhere. I'm excited they want to be here tonight worshiping God, lifting their hands, serving in the kingdom. I am an advocate for apostolic young people. I'm an advocate for young people. I know they're not perfect. I know they make mistakes. I know they may be up today and down tomorrow, but I'm proud of these young people. Amen. I want to be an advocate for these young men and young women. When I was a young person, I had a hard time living for God, and I didn't have an internet. I didn't have a cell phone. Half the stuff that a lot of you parents allow was a sin when I was a kid. Still a sin now, but that's beside the point. I'm just telling you that I'm an advocate for these young people that are living for God against enemies that you and I didn't have to face. Let's just go ahead and write it down. If some of us had a cell phone in our pocket, we wouldn't have been as holy as we thought we were. Can I get a mom and dad to say, preach to my young folks tonight? Can I get a grandparent to say, go ahead and help me, pastor? Can I get a young person that says, pastor, I want you to preach to me tonight. I want you to tell me what I got to do. I will tell you the enemy has concocted a strategy to destroy our young people. Not only our young people in age, but our new converts who are young in the Lord. There's nobody that the devil would like to destroy more than young people and new members of the church and new people in the kingdom of God. Amen. And so these smiths would go throughout the land and they broke into the blacksmith shops throughout all the regions of Israel. And they would go to these blacksmiths, blacksmith shops. And they would take the smiths out of the blacksmith shops. Look, if I accidentally cuss, I promise you it was an accident. All right? And if you think you can do better, come on down, baby. They took the smiths out of the blacksmith shops, and they carried them away. And the Bible said now there was no smith found throughout all the land of Israel. For the Philistines said, lest the Hebrews make them swords and spears. But then look at verse number 20. But all the Israelites went down to the Philistines to sharpen every man his share. The share there is a garden hoe used to get the weeds out of the garden. And every man his coulter, that is the plowshare, that's the metal part of the plow, and his axe and his mattock. The share, the plowshare, the hoe, the mattock, the axe. All of them had to be taken down to the enemy to be sharpened. Here you find a condition where they have no weapons with which to fight and they cannot work for their own harvest. Now we have an issue because if we can't fight for our freedom and we can't tend to our farms, 
now we have no future. If we can't reap a harvest, then we can't feed our people. And if we can't fight, then we can't overcome our enemy. And so the strategy of these enemies, the strategy of the enemy was not, let's take down the general that's won battle after battle. Let's not take the warrior that's overcome hundreds of enemies. Let's not go against the enemy that has learned how to fight in battle, but let's go to the very source because what good is a warrior without a sword? And what good is a farmer without a plow? What good is a general without a weapon? And what good is a field if you can't harvest it? And so we find that the enemy's brilliant attack was we will take the future out of the church by taking the smiths out of the church. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I preach with this anvil all over the country. I've used it so much that I went looking in my shed for Brother Brad's anvil. And when I couldn't find it, I had to, I had to call to borrow back his anvil. I let him use it for a while. It was in the blacksmith shops of Israel where they would take something that had very little value on its own. Something that, that can, can you help me? Cut that right there. Something that by itself, I think that you can buy those. <laughs> he looks scared. Hey, since you're so stirred up, let's put the sharp side towards you. You can buy that right now at Lowe's for about $2, I think. It's not got a lot of value. In its raw form, there's not a whole lot to it. But the enemy knew that if you ever take that thing that appears to have no value and get it good and hot in a fire and then submit it to a master that knows what he's doing, That sound in Israel was the enemy's worst nightmare. That sound to the Philistines was a sign that God's people still have a future. If we can't stop that, if we can't stop that smith from taking something that looks like it has no value and turning it into a sword or turning it into a, into a, into a plow, if we, can if we can't stop that enemy from taking something that looks like it has no value because the enemy understood, we've tried every strategy, we've attacked the elders, we've attacked the generals, we've attacked everybody else. But what we've not done is taken the future out of Israel. And so one by one, they just began to take the smiths out of Israel. If there's no smith, there's no sword. If there's no smith, then there's no spear. If there's no, spear, no smith, then there's no plow. If there's no smith, there's no harvest. If there's no smith, there's no victory. So if we can take the, them out of the church, what we've done is we've taken the future out of the church. As long as that sound rung out in Israel, the enemy knew we may get them today, but they're going to get us tomorrow because they had already learned that God didn't need a whole lot 
to bring victory, that God could bring. They learned with Gideon that he doesn't have to have a majority. He doesn't have to have a mighty army. All he needs is a handful of people that are willing to work for God, and he can make it happen. I'm telling you tonight that the enemy understood. The enemy understood that if I can get the Smiths out of Israel, then I can overcome. Let me tell you, young people, what you are. You are more than just a kid. You're more than just a teenager or a 20-something. Uh, let me tell our new members what you are. You're more than just a brand-new person sitting on a pew. You are the future of the church, and the enemy knows that you've got potential in you. Maybe no one else can see it. Maybe no one else can understand it. Maybe no one else sees the value. But God and the enemy both know that all it takes is a little fire and a little work, and you can do something for God. That's why the enemy is trying to kidnap you out of the church. Just, you can relax, but don't go anywhere. The enemy knows that inside of this is this. And when it first showed up at the blacksmith shop, not scared. <laughs> He's scared. Walk with me. The enemy knew that with a little bit of fire and the hand of a master, that something that looks like it can't do anything very soon becomes a weapon for victory. And so the enemy tried to take the smiths out of Israel. That's why he wants our young people, because the world doesn't see what's inside of them, but God sees it. That's why the devil wants our new converts back in the world, because he doesn't, because he's, he knows that inside of you is the potential for a harvest and a victory. I'm not willing to give our next generation to this world. What I've come to tell you, young people, is you cannot allow yourself to be thrown off track. You can't become distracted by the things of this world. You can't let the things of this life get you out from your prayer life and your worship and your faithfulness and your holiness because we need you to become the sword for the church. You are our future. And don't let the devil kidnap your praise. Don't let him kidnap your worship. Don't let him kidnap your service. Don't let him kidnap your holiness. Don't let the enemy turn you out. I refuse. Every time you pray, this is what the enemy hears. Every time you say amen, this is what the enemy hears. Every time that you lift your hands, this is what the enemy hears. Every time that you decide to, to live for God, this is what the enemy hears. Every time that you give your life to God, you are the sound of the anvil. Every time you come to church and worship, you are the sound of the anvil. Your worship is the devil's worst nightmare. Your prayer is the devil's worst nightmare. Your response to the Spirit is the devil's worst nightmare. He hates the sound. He hates the sound of the anvil. If the devil hates it, then I want to do it. 
So why don't we just lift our voices all over this place? And why don't we be the sound of the anvil tonight? Why don't you let your voice be the sound of the anvil right now that lets the devil know there's a future in Bethlehem Church? Come on, young folks, why don't you lift your voice? Come on, new members, why don't you lift your voice? And why don't you let the enemy know that there's a future in Bethlehem, the sound of the anvil. He's not kidnapped all the smiths. He's not taken all the swords out of Israel. We still got fight left in us. We still got victory in us. We still got deliverance in us. Hey, the devil, I'm not planning on giving up. I wish somebody, that's why the enemy wants your young people. Listen to me, parents. That's why the enemy wants your teenagers. Listen to me. That's why the enemy wants our new converts because he understands that by growing and learning and raising people to live and worship God that we are the sound of the anvil that he knows no matter what goes on out there, there's still a harvest in here. Hey, I'm going to lift my voice because my voice is the sound of the anvil. Hallelujah. Lord, I'm going to live for you. Lord, I'm going to serve you. God, I'm going to be faithful to you. God, I'm going to give my life to you. I refuse to let the enemy kidnap me out of the house of God. I'm going to let my voice be the sound of the anvil. Stand with me tonight. I got to, I skipped a lot. Thank the Lord. I told you if you helped me, you'd get a 15-minute discount. Two of my favorite verses in the Bible, Mark 1 and 7 and John 1 and 12. Mark 1 and, I'm sorry, Mark 1 and 17, not Mark 1 and 7. Mark 1 and 17. And Jesus said unto them, come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. John 1 and 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. To as many as received him, to them Gave he power to become. You can't win any wars with this. You can't win any battles with this. Let me just show you right now. <laughs> but see, what this has is under the right circumstances, the power to become something that it's not yet. Because he said, if you'll come after me, I will give you the power to become fishers of men. And if you'll follow me, I'll give you the power to become the sons of God. You can't do it by yourself. But with Christ, you can become what you can't do on your own. He can, look, I don't know if I can be clean. Yes, you can be clean because God gives you the power to become. I don't know if I can live for God if my family don't help me. Yes, you can. Because you've got the power to become. Because he said, if you'll come after me, 
I'll give you the power to become. Inside of you is victory. Inside of you is deliverance. And I refuse to give my potential to this world. I refuse to give my best to this world. I refuse to give what I can be to this world. God, I'm coming after you right now. God, I'm coming after you for the rest of my life because you'll give me the power to become something. The world thinks I'm a loser, but you think I'm a winner. The world thinks I can't do it, but you think I can do it. The world thinks I can't make it, but you think I can make it. He gives you the power to become. When all of our, all of our young folks, if you consider yourself young, come on. We're not going to cast any dispersions. If you're a gray-headed young person like me, I'm just as immature as anybody here. Amen. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let me tell all you young folks something. We have any any other volunteers to be young? There you come on. Come on, come on, come on. You look as young as your daughter, so you might as well come on. You got to come close enough for me to see you. <laughs> I want our new members to come. If you consider yourself a new member, I want you to come. Quick, 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 quick. There is no power on earth like the power of a young person or a new convert. Nothing like it. I have, I have preached around the world for over 30 years. Every revival church I have ever seen has had a, young, a youth group and a group of new converts that were on fire for God and were involved in everything that God wanted to do in the church. Amen. And every revival church I've ever seen has also been fought by sin and fought by temptation. And there's times when there's people in our youth group and our new converts that go through something, that you've done good for a while and then all of a sudden the enemy comes. You know what it is? It's the spoiler trying to take you out because he understands the potential that's inside of you. He understands that inside of every one of you is the ability to put a thousand to flight. Did you know you could do that? Did you know you could put a thousand to flight? Every single one of you has the ability to put a thousand demons to flight. That's what the Bible said. Amen. Every one of you, if one can put a thousand to flight, then you know what can happen with multiples? It doesn't just add, it multiplies. There is a power in this altar right now that the devil can't handle not one little bit. I'm telling you the truth. You are a walking, talking, breathing, dynamic, powerful tool in the hand of God. You see yourself, how many, now let's just be honest, how many of you see yourself more like this than like this? You know why? Because that's the spoiler trying to get you to not believe in your potential and what you're capable of. It's the enemy trying to undercut your destiny before you have a chance to even really go and bloom because the enemy knows. The, come here, Hayden, help me. 
Just hit it. Like you mean it. You know what, you know what that is? That's because he hit it. He said something's shaking. You hit it so hard, you're shaking the house. See, you didn't know you had that kind of power, did you? But you got power to shake the kingdom of God, and I ain't lying right now. I'm going to tell you what's inside of this young man. What's inside of this young man is the ability to overcome the enemy and the ability to do something for God and the ability to work for God. But an unused anvil is no use. An unused anvil makes no weapons. An unused anvil brings no harvest. An unused anvil brings no victory. So what you got to do is you got to be the sound of the anvil. You got to be the sound of the anvil. You got now it's not the hammer, but it's your voice and it's your hands. It's your work, it's your faithfulness, it's your commitment. You are the sound of the anvil. You are the enemy's worst nightmare. Amen. I, I'm almost done preaching. I promise I think I am. I promise I think I'm almost done. I was reading a website about blacksmiths, and there's a whole website dedicated to trying to silence the anvil because it makes so much noise. And so they got magnets they put on anvils to quieten them down so that, because they said the problem is that the blacksmith has neighbors, and the neighbors don't want to hear the hammering all day long. And so they're trying to figure out how to quiet the anvil. And so the, 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 the fifth way to quiet an anvil, the fifth, they, have all, they, have, they had five different ways. The fifth way to quiet an anvil was to wrap chains around it. And they didn't, they said don't wrap it around the horn or the, I think it called it the tail. But he said you got to wrap it around the neck of the anvil. Because if they can put chains around the neck of the anvil, he can silence the sound of the anvil. And I thought, thank God for another point to my message. Because you don't think there's a reason that the devil fights you from lifting your voice and praising God and testifying? He wants to wrap the chains of bondage around your neck so that you can't tell your neighbors about what's happening in the kingdom of God. You ought to open your mouth right now and you ought to let the sound of the anvil be heard in Bethlehem. You ought to let the sound of victory shake this house. Last, I think it was last week there was a group of women out. While we were having church in here, there was a group of women out on the parking lot praying. And there was a neighbor from a ways away. They said that it sounded like they were right there in their yard. They were praying so loud. The neighbors heard. I'm going to tell you, this neighborhood and all neighborhoods need to hear the sound of prayer. Thank God. Thank God for the sound of the anvil. Don't you get weary. Don't you ever think that your prayers don't work. Don't you ever think that I'm wasting my time when I pray. Every time you pray, it's the sound of the anvil, and it gives the devil a migraine headache. Every time you say, thank you, Jesus. Every time you say, I love you, Lord. Every time you say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Every time you say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. It is the sound. I'm going to do it till you take over. 
I'm going to do it till you drown it out. You are the sound of the anvil. You are the voice of victory. You are the source of revival. You are the voice of deliverance. You are the voice of breakthrough. You are the voice of hope. Your worship is the sound of victory. Amen. Lift your hands all over this place. God, help me not to let my voice, help me not to let my voice be silenced. Help me, God, to understand there's a reason the enemy wants to take these young folks and new folks out of the church. I want everybody that's in the congregation, if you, don't, if, if, if you feel like it, come up and you can help pray. Otherwise, at least, at the very least, reach your hand out towards these new folks and these young people and pray the power and the blessing of God on them. They're fighting an enemy that wants to kidnap them out of the church. Every day they wake up, they're in hell's crosshairs. Every day they roll out of bed and have to go to school or work, they're in the, the crosshairs of the enemy. But I believe there's some prayers happening for these young people right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I wish some of you in the congregation right now would just adopt one of these. You just adopt one of them as somebody you're going to pray for every day. As somebody you're going to pray, pray for every morning. God, put your hand on this young person. Put your hand on that new member. God, put your hand on their life in Jesus' name. The enemy would like nothing more than to silence God, give them the ability to become whatever you've dreamed for them to be. Prayer warriors, Sunday school teachers, ushers, media personnel, choir members, musicians, soul winners, Bible study teachers, outreach people, life group leaders, preachers, missionaries, evangelists, God, give them the power to become godly parents that will raise children to know you. People involved in the kingdom of God. God, help us to be the sound of the anvil. As we step forward into this world, help us to be the sound that the devil hates to hear. Let prayers come out of these lips, God, that are before me that will turn the enemy to flight. Let prayers come out of these folks, not out of the pastor and the preachers, but out of these folks. Prayers that will heal the sick, cast out devils, break addictions, lift people out of despair, discouragement, and depression. That's why the enemy wants to silence your voice because your voice is the sound of the anvil. I want you to reach over and lay your hand on somebody close to you. If you're in the congregation, I'm not going to force you to come up, but if maybe there's somebody up here that, that, that they're on your heart and you can't seem to get them off, that you're drawn to them, why don't you just obey the Holy Ghost and just go begin to pray for them. Can you do that? Be the sound of the anvil. 
voice be that sound that the enemy let your voice be that sound tonight come on why don't you lift your voice pray out loud God help me to do your will help me to serve you help me to work for you speak to me God let me know your will and let me know your way Touch these young men and young ladies. God, let your hand be on them. God, let your presence move through their life. Touch our children and grandchildren, Lord. God, I pray for the future of this church. God, I pray for the new members and the young people of this church to go boldly into the future with revival on their mind, with the power to become inside of them. Let me tell you, you can become anything God tells you you can become, and don't you let the devil or anybody else tell you that you can't. Don't let the devil tell you you can't do something for God and that you'll never amount to anything. Don't let the devil tell you you've messed up too much and you've gone too far and you're no good. You just trust, you just trust the hand of the blacksmith to give you the power to become. Lift your hands all over this place. We're closing now. Lord, in Jesus' name, this is your church and your people. God, you've moved in so many different ways in this service. God, I pray the blessed hand of your spirit on these men and women and young people and children. God, I pray from our elders to our babies that your spirit would flow through their lives and their hearts. God, I pray in the name of Jesus for your anointing to move, oh God. Lord, that the power to become would rest inside of each one. And God, the realization that we are the sound of the anvil that will never quench our worship and will never hold back our praise and will never stop our prayers because God, we are the sound that the enemy hates to hear. So one more time before we close, why don't you lift your voice with a shout tonight? And why don't you be the sound of the anvil? I want the Philistines of this generation to know there's still a future. I want the enemy to know we still got a future. There's still a harvest. There's still victory. Dismissed in Jesus.